T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Live events are back big time in our area, and a big one is coming up this weekend for the 4th of July. It's the Waterfront Blues Festival. Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome Christina Fuller, Festival Director of the Waterfront Blues Festival. Also with us is Jeremy Wilson, founder of the Jeremy Wilson Foundation, and Suzanne Washington, CEO of Meals on Wheels People. Hey, everybody, a roomful. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Hello. Hello. So, the Waterfront Blues Festival. Live events are back, baby. It's coming up this year, right? Fourth of July weekend. Right around the corner. Just yeah. in time for the sunshine to make its debut and uh, triumphant and really meaningful and exciting return to Waterfront Park after two years of, of not. So, what what's the Waterfront Blues Festival been like for the last couple of years? Has it been in... Have you had live music at all? We figured out live music both years during the pandemic. Okay. And we've been really proud of that. Music is one of those things that is really deeply rooted into community, into humankind, into connection. And it really is one of those things that connects all people. That's a bind that really ties people together. So even though we knew in 2020 that we had to cancel the big festival, we found ways to make sure the music happened. We did a TV special, radio special. And we brought music to neighborhoods in people's front yards oh, cool. for fr- private concerts. And that was July of 2020. And at that point, most folks haven't seen or heard live music in the pandemic. And we had <laughs> tears. We had street parties. We had kind of ama- amazing folks just um, feel that emotional connection for music. So we did it on a small scale in people's yards. Last year, we did it in socially distanced seating pods down at Zydell Yards. It was a really great solution during the pandemic, but we're even more excited to be back to Waterfront Park in a in a full-fledged festival this summer. So yeah. we're, we're back. It's so interesting for me to hear how people have pivoted and made things work over the last couple of years. Great that that's behind us, but it's, <laughs> it's super interesting to hear how you did it. You know? It really speaks to what the Blues Festival is and why it's so important in this community is that we couldn't let it sit still and take a year off and that there's still so much energy and momentum during trying times to find a way to, to come forward and figure out a way to bring music, whether it's just to someone's driveway for a family of, of eight or last summer we got a couple thousand people. But um, the pandemic forced all of us to pivot, but the Blues Festival was surprisingly strong and really kind of linked arms with our partners and community partners and figured out a way to carry on. Yeah. So what can we expect at the Blues Fest this year? We are coming back in full strength. Four stages, four days, something like 115 acts. We've got the fireworks show on July 4th. And um, I think a lot of 
pent up demand, but also a real appreciation for why we love our city, the recovery and how we move forward. And a, a really great example of um, collaboration and in, in action of it takes all of us to get to get to this point to bring back a music festival for 80,000 people in downtown Portland after a pandemic and and here we are. So I think folks will see a lot of what was familiar about what they loved about the festival in previous years and why it has been around for 35 years, but also um, a real look to the future of we're here, we're well, we're, we're strong, and the music community in Portland is good. Yeah. It, the Blues Fest is like one of the best parties the whole city throws. It's just amazing. So fun. And the weather's always perfect because that's when summer hits is 4th of July, right? It sure does. And I think um, more so than ever, this very long spring we've had. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have come at a better time. Forecast looks perfect right now. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Did you say 80,000 people? Yeah, I usually see about 20,000 people a day over the four days. So what sort of uh, COVID protocols are you going to be putting in place? COVID, um, at this point, it is up to the fans if they want to decide to mask. There are no vaccine requirements. Um, And again, with seven acres and a general admission seating capacity, you can choose where you are, where you sit, how you enjoy the festival. So it's up to our our fans as to how they want, but we don't have any restrictions from the festival perspective at this point, unless it changes from the guidelines from the government. Awesome. So one of the big things about Blues Festival is Blues Fest Cares. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. The festival has always had a deep connection to the community and caring about the people that live here and and, um, really make our region and area so special. And through the Blues Fest Cares program, the festival aligns itself with community organizations that focus on music naturally and musicians and also the longstanding heritage of fighting hunger that the festival has had a deep connection with and through amazing partnerships with the Jeremy Wilson Foundation and Meals on Wheels people. We're thrilled to carry that forward in 2022 in a time when coming off of a pandemic and coming through a pandemic, we're not out of it in terms of the music industry. Music industry, I mean, the musicians, the personnel are still in desperate need of support and resources and Jeremy's team provides that. And then we look at the hunger need in Oregon, which is extraordinarily high. You add in the level of social isolation that existed pre-pandemic, was heightened during the pandemic, and what Meals on Wheels people does is so critical for for our, for our neighbors, for our family members, and for our peers. And so we couldn't be more thrilled to use the festival as a platform to bring our friends alongside and share the good work that they're doing with our festival fans who, who care tremendously about it as well. Well, let's talk to one of your beneficiaries. Let me introduce again Jeremy Wilson, founder of the Jeremy Wilson Foundation. So, Jeremy, tell me, tell me about your foundation. What's it all about? Well, the foundation, we have a really important program called the Musician Health and Services Program. Um, we've been around for 13 years now. We're a truly grassroots organization that has helped musicians during times of medical crises and also music workers like stagehands and 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 music professionals and we've um, been able to give out over a million dollars in in grants and social services to uh, local semi-prone professional musicians in Oregon and in uh, Clark County Washington is the area that we serve but we're um we're a grassroots organization that's just so excited and thrilled to be working for a second year in a row with the Waterfront Blues Festival we're like honored to be side by side with uh, uh, Meals on Wheels people. Um, it's it's really an honor to be working next to them. And um, we are throwing a raffle this year. We're putting on late night <laughs> shows. I mean, we are the rock and roll and blues, 
you know, group that here in, in town. We're a very unique organization in, on a national level even, and we are connected with about 86 different other organizations around the country that, that work towards um, helping out musicians um, and uh, music workers. As you may or may not know, musicians are, you know, independent contractors by and large. So if they do find themselves breaking an arm or, or getting sick, there is no, you know, unemployment benefits and things like that oh. available to them. And with the advent of the um, Affordable Care Act, we have a lot more musicians get onto insurance. But really the issue is when somebody is sick and they're not making a paycheck and they have no money in savings, this can be a devastating thing to be uh, in four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, or in some cases, two years worth of recovery, depending on what's going on in their lives. So. Yeah, it's, uh, just a, as an audience member, you don't really think that deeply about what's happening with the people that are putting on the music. You know, I think one of the most amazing things, and I think people are starting to realize it, but you're right. You know, people look at those folks on the on the stages and they go, oh, they must be raking in the dough. They must be doing well. They're a perfect superstar. They're impervious to everything. Right, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it's one in a hundred musicians that kind of, you know, hit it big and stuff. The rest of the musicians out there in the world are having an incredible impact artistically on their communities and, 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 you know, even some nationally and internationally. But still, you know, if you're not playing shows and touring constantly, that's the one way that um, musicians really make money. And you can only imagine what the last two and a half years right. has oh been goodness. like in regards to that. Yeah. And then, you know, things like royalties and those things have really taken a giant hit with... Uh, with, you know, the downloading and all that stuff that goes on with Spotify and stuff, you know. Right. It's opened up the world to musicians a lot, you know, to get out there and spread the word. But the revenue streams are are, are tough to hang on to right. in the music yeah. business. It's not been easy forever, and now it's even not It's easier. even not easier. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the beginnings of the Jeremy Wilson Foundation. Oh, wow. Um, well, it's called the Jeremy Wilson Foundation because I'm the one that originally fell sick and the community came behind me. I, I was in a uh, well-known band called the Dharma Bums here in mm -hmm. town. And um, I've been making music, whether it was in Silverton or the Willamette Valley or Salem or Portland or all over the country since I was a 14-year-old kid all the way back in the early 80s with the Watchmen, Perfect Circle, the Dharma Bums, and a band called Pilot that was on major labels. And so anyway, a lot of people knew who I was and they heard that I had ended up in the hospital. It, it turns out that I ended up in the hospital because I fainted and I had been doing this quite a bit, um, but it turns out I had a heart congenital heart condition called Wolf Parkinson White. And um, the doctor looked at me that first time and he says, I cannot believe you are in your 40s and that you're still alive. Whoa. And you, yeah, and that you, his, this has not been diagnosed. So that really brought up a lot of issues, you know. And then on top of that, the community came around me through benefits for me and to help me through that period. And um, <laughs> it was crazy. I then started getting 1099 miscellaneous income forms from the clubs where they threw the, the, uh, the, the benefits. And so all of a sudden, the, the money that people thought they were using to help me and stuff was getting taxed and stuff like that. And so to make a long story short, after a first surgery of four that I had to correct the situation, um, and people heard I had to go in for a second one, right? They 
I went, hold on, hold on, we've learned a lot. I think what we need to do is we need to form an organization. Originally, I wanted to call it like the Northwest Music Fund or something. People were like, but it's you, man. You know, everybody knows who you are. Call it the Jeremy Wilson Foundation. <laughs> it was a good idea in the sense that it put me on the hook for 13 years. <laughs> but, but we really are doing a lot of work. And, and anyway, we organized, it was a $350 deposit into a, um, into a bank account. We, we got accredited in about 11 months through some fine help from friends and stuff that knew about getting 501c3 status. And then we got some um, development grants from the, the Regional Arts and Culture Council here in town. Had a mentor there for three years, and I have just been working my tail off for 24 <laughs> hours a day for the last 13 years. That's what to, you get for naming it after yourself. <laughs> oh, man. No way to get out of it. <laughs> I know. We're really trying to brand the Musician's Health and Services Program because I think it says a lot more than... Just saying the Jeremy Wilson Foundation, that's more like, well, who's that guy? You know, as opposed to the Musician Health and Services Program, I think really says a lot. You know? well, you've, you've done amazing work over the years, right? How much money did you say you've... We've easily more than a million dollars worth of uh, grants and wow. direct grants and services. That that's we, impressive. We do this really important aspect of what we do. It's a very fair and even playing field now. People that land on a pro or semi-professional level, meaning they're bringing in some important income every month you know, that, that, that they depend on because of their music career. Um, um, but, yes, we do this in very important aspect, which is navigation services that uh, the musicians receive from our social, social workers that work with us. So there's a complex, you know, scheme out there in trying to get health care in, mm -hmm. in Oregon and in the United States in general and stuff. So we um, help make sure that all their papers are filed and all the you know financial aid that may be coming their way is is being applied for you know that if they need housing assistance or if they need food assistance or if they need even hospice care and all kinds of things so it's not about all the direct financial grants that we give which we give out plenty of but it's also equally if not more important the navigation side that we're able to offer and to be there for you know kind of a vulnerable population who's a fairly large is you know that the population i'm talking about in oregon you know and stuff is in the many thousands and thousands of people that that work as music teachers and music professionals and play and, and create the vibrant community that we are doing so yes awesome. Awesome, great work. Thank you. We're talking all about the uh, Waterfront Blues Festival, which is coming up uh, July 4th weekend at the Waterfront downtown Portland. It's going to be just a giant party because it's back in full swing. And uh, Blues Fest cares. They're, they hook up with community partners and help people out. And one of the beneficiaries is Meals on Wheels people. Let's talk to the CEO. Hello, Suzanne Washington. Hello. Good to be here today <laughs> with you. Oh, thanks for coming in. So tell us about Meals on Wheels people. So Meals on Wheels People is a private nonprofit organization, and we are here to serve primarily older people, but part of our mission is to use our capacity to serve those underserved. So we do have a Meals for Kids program as well. But our first mission is really to serve older people, whether they're homebound or they're isolated in their homes, and to make sure they have a good nutritional meal, as well as making sure they're connected. They have that human connection just to have the choice to stay in their home, but be there safely and with dignity. And it's there, they have the independence and what they need to maintain that independence. And so they have the choice to age in place, basically. So we serve about uh, close to 7,000 older people in the wow. uh, metro area, including Clark County. And 
with the help of these great kind of people I'm with here today, uh, we fundraise about 65% of what we need every year just to feed those those folks with uh, great meals every day and then friendly chats and wellness checks and everything they need to stay connected to somebody and, and have a uh, reduce the isolation that they yeah. may feel. That is so important. Yeah. My goodness. So, um, like before, how's the past couple of years been for you guys? It's probably been really challenging. Very challenging, and I now hate the word pivot, um, <laughs> but we did, and we really just had to change how we did business, both how we produced our meals, of course, we cook everything fresh every day, and with local ingredients as much as possible, and really just make sure the ingredients and then the cooking of that meal is is the best possible for those we serve. But with the pandemic and now things with supply chain and the rising cost of food, that remains challenging. We had to shift how we delivered to our older folks because we had, I think, our um, services increased by 65% to those who were homebound that now needed a meal prior to the pandemic. So we shifted how we delivered. We lost a lot of volunteers during the time because they were, a lot of them are older and they were not able to get out. Uh, There's a big fear about, you know, spreading COVID at someone's door and and I'm delivering and being nice and kind and doing what I need to do. But at the same time, we didn't want to infect the person we were delivering to. So we just shift all of that. And um, volunteers were great. We had over, I think at this point, we have over 700 volunteers who went from delivering to making friendly chat calls just to call our older folks in their homes, making sure they were had somebody to talk to. And it really truly is just chat. People who like to talk on the phone, connect, make sure they're okay. Um, so it, it's been a strange time, but I think in the end, it's we were able to feed everybody that needed meals and, and we continue to do so. And that is part of our um, Always our bottom line is we're not going to turn anybody away that needs yeah. a meal no matter what we need to do. That's amazing that you can continue and persevere through what we've been going through the last couple of years. Congratulations. Yeah, we got up to, we were serving nearly 30,000 meals a week. And then uh, we're a little bit below that now, making sure as people are able to get back out there, those that are more um, mobile and are able to go to our dining centers. We just started up our congregate dining sites where people can get out of their homes, go visit with other people, take a rec class or something at the same time as they have a meal and and make sure they can socialize. Oh, finally, getting back out and doing stuff. Oh, thank goodness, right? (laughs) Everyone's so ready. So tell me about, uh, are there volunteer opportunities with Meals on Wheels people? We always have volunteer opportunities between delivering, like for example, right now downtown, we are short on people who are able to deliver in that downtown and, and West Hills area, especially in those single room occupancy type buildings. So we need people there. Also out in Gresham area, we need drivers. Uh, But we always need drivers almost everywhere. Those are just two of the special places that really need extra help. We're always looking for people to help in our kitchens. And now that our dining centers are opening, we have people who help serve, who help do the dishes, who help cook the meals. So uh, then we also have friendly chatters, people who are willing to make those phone calls and we have a safe at homes program where you can help us maintain an older person's yard so that they're uh, able to stay in their own home change the light bulbs fix some of that routine maintenance that they're not able to do and especially over the last few years where nobody could enter their home even a neighbor you know who may have been afraid to enter so we always need volunteers helping with that program as well it's turning into more than meals on wheels people well, it's funny because it's kind of it's, everything else on wheels, people. Right. You know, it's that wraparound service. We're already at their door at the meal. They trust us because we've been doing that, delivering. They love our volunteers. And then we're able to solve problems while we're there. And that's the beauty of helping maintain their home or, or making sure their pet can get to the vet or just solve simple problems while we're at the door. And 
reducing isolation is part of all of those things. Yeah. The more we can have volunteers and staff at their door, the better. What do your volunteers say about volunteering? Do they love it? Our, yes. Uh, I think most commonly what you hear is that our volunteers, is they get more out of the program than those they serve. <laughs> uh, just the give back when you're able to talk to somebody and help, that kind of giving kindness always you get twofold back, right? You get even more of it coming back. Yeah. So they, they really um, think it's, it's as important for them as it is for those we serve. Let me ask you, Suzanne, what does it mean to have the Blues Festival uh, help you out in such a way? You know, the Blues Festival is fantastic because just for what Christina said, it's that connection and music always connects people. And it is what we need right now. Over the pandemic, so many people are isolated, not just older people, but families, kids, all of us, right? Yeah, every one of us. And so <laughs> super isolated. being able to get back out and bring people together and where you can connect and music, of course, is a huge draw, which... Uh, I know we've had volunteers who said, oh, I'm so glad the Blues Festival's back. I've been going for 30 years. We have people who've been delivering food for 30 years, 35 years. I have a wow. board member who's delivered for almost 30 years. And he's so excited just to be able to get back in the same space and, and benefit by the, the partnership is awesome, but also just getting to connect is yeah. really special for the city, I think, and for the area. Jeremy, what does it mean for you to have the Blues Fest? How about the Jeremy Wilson Foundation? Wow. I love the idea that, that all those community pieces that, that you're talking about, Susan, is like what it means the most to us. I mean, the JWF on a really fundamental level, we made 80% of our revenue from live events, you know, up until 2020. And the, um, the pivoting, if, as you say, <laughs> has been kind of brutal, you know, but we we're lucky that like musicians are, you know, kind of high tech in a lot of ways, you know, we're involved in technology and stuff. So we had a good online presence and we were able to, for instance, pivot to doing actual online fundraising to help about 150 or 60 different musicians that we helped in the beginning of the pandemic bridge to the temporary unemployment that they finally reached out and gave um, independent contractors a for a while. And so, Talk about isolation. I mean, everybody was isolated in their own little studios and stuff. So, what does the Blues Festival mean? It means getting back out there. It gets. It gets. You know, it means on a personal level seeing my friends on stage. You know, like yeah. you yeah. know, and and to see just. I mean, people are ecstatic. You know, with when it comes to live music, and I think right now, I just think one, letting the world know about what we do is is a is huge. I mean, you know, getting a chance to 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 present our cause and 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 who we are as musicians to 80,000 people in person, you know, and not to mention all the people that we're touching through this radio program, through Coin TV and different, you know, different net networks that are happening. Um, it it means that we also got the approval to do late night shows uh, <laughs> where we're taking over a couple different places. We're taking over the get down on June, July 2nd and 3rd. Late night shows meaning doors are at 10, shows starting at 11, but with Outer Orbit doing July 2nd and Farnell Newton and his other ship connection <laughs> doing, you know, on, on a third and then we're also doing July 4th at the Alberta Street Pub, and all these shows, um, the door money goes to the to benefit the JWF Musician Health and Services Program. Awesome. So for us to get to partner with the Waterfront Blues Festival is is a dream come true, and it's, it's a relationship we hope lasts for many years to come. Well, Christina Fuller is the festival director of the Waterfront Blues Festival. We've got a couple of minutes. Tell me everything I need to know about this year's Blues Fest. Well, the 
All information can be found on the website, waterfrontbluesfest.com. Tickets are still available. Four-day awesome. passes are a great way to go to the festival. They get you re-entry, so you can come and go. You need to go walk the dog in the afternoon. Um, and it's super-duper accessible in terms of pricing. It breaks down to about 25 bucks a day if you get a four-day pass. And that is paying for local musicians to be on stage, keeping, you know, up to 2,000 local uh, people back to work. And for what it takes to, to put it on, it's a super accessible price point. The lineup is amazing. It's eclectic. We're so much more than blues. I think we've got blues greats like Taj Mahal on Sunday, but we've got fan favorites like Galactic. We've got Grace Potter on Friday, Lettuce, which is a really fun and funky band taking the stage right before the fireworks on July 4th. And so truly it's, it's a genre and a music and for everybody. So as always, there's, there's the folks, you know, but then the surprise acts or the hits of a festival. When you have 115 bands, there's surely someone that's not on your radar that will become your favorite. So the lineup is wonderful. The curation is really great. Um, and there's a, a, something for everyone. Dance lessons, Zydeco, we've got Cajun dancing. We've got a really cool panel this year happening on one of our smaller stages uh, with a moderated conversation between two of the uh, musicians, the singers that were featured in 20 Feet from Stardom, a movie that came out a few years ago, a documentary about backup, backup singers. Mm-hmm. So we've got Judith Hill who sang backup for Michael Jackson and Prince. She's playing our festival, but also wow. talking about what it means back there. So. The festival's so much more. It's 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 music. It's experience. It's the people. It's the setting. It's the scene. And so it's it's July Fourth weekend and all wrapped up in a pretty bow down at the waterfront. It's it's all of that. And the, probably the most important thing is it's back. It's back. It's yeah, back. It's back. This is going to be awesome. Waterfront Blues Festival Fourth of July weekend downtown Portland. Guys, thanks for being on the show. This has been really great. Thanks, thanks Gary. So much. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.